Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. I want to talk today about your thinker, your mind, what you spend your time thinking about. And my goal today is I want to shake your cage. Maybe I'm going to prod you a little bit in the ribs today. You're going to feel a little bit uncomfortable, but I think, I think that's good. Uh, there's, we were in our life group, we were talking about this a little bit on Thursday. And, and one of the images that uh, the guy shared was so helpful. He was talking about vultures and he was talking about hummingbirds. And his question really was very much, which one do you associate more with? So let's talk about vultures. Vultures circle around high up in the air, looking down at the earth, and they're looking for dead things, aren't they? They survive off of carrion, and do you know what? They find it. They're looking for dead things, and they find it. Then think about the hummingbird, this tiny little bird, beautiful, very different to a vulture, that hovers and it goes looking for the sweet nectar in flowers, doesn't it? And you know what? It finds it. Do you get the picture? What does your mind gravitate towards? What kind of things do you think about? What kind of things does your mind naturally dwell upon? We're not talking today about the random thoughts that come and go in our minds, but what we spend time contemplating. That's what I wanted to talk about today. So I'm really conscious I should pray before I carry on. Lord, thank you for your word. We thank you for what you want to say to us today, God. By your Holy Spirit, just open up our hearts and open up our minds. Give us ears and hearts that understand what you are saying to each one of us. It's a personal word, God, and I pray we hear it today and act on it. Say what you want to say in Jesus' name. Amen. So my question, when it comes to your thought life, which one are you more like? Do you find yourself thinking about vulture stuff? Or do you find yourself thinking about hummingbird things? Mark Twain wrote, what a wee little part of a person's life are his acts and his words. His real life is led in his head and no one and is known to none but himself. All day long, the mill of his brain is grinding. And the question really is, what is on the mill of your brain? I want us to talk about the kind of things that we spend our time thinking about. And I want us to talk about today how that influences what we find in life and what we experience in life. Let me ask you today another question. What are the things that influence your thoughts? What are the things that influence your thoughts? What do you expose yourself to? Who are the voices that you allow to speak into your brain? It's so important that we identify what is good and what is not good because your mind is like the most fertile soil ever. Whatever you plant there, 
will grow. Amen. Whether it's good or bad, whether it's flowers or weeds, they will grow in your mind. Romans 12, verse 2, if we can pop that up, thanks Carol, says, we all know this verse, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Do you realize that there is a commonly socially acceptable way to think about things? There is a pattern in the world that 99% of the world follow. But God doesn't call us to follow that pattern. I want us to understand today that God is calling us to be significantly different in the way that we think because our minds are for Jesus. Amen. There's no idleness that is afforded to our minds. We have to think carefully about our minds. He goes on, Paul, he says, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know that word renewing has this idea of renovating, which means the thing that needs renovating is dilapidated, is broken down, and is in ruins. Do you realize that there are millions and millions of people walking around this earth whose minds are ruined? They're dilapidated, they're broken down, and it's a pattern that is acceptable in the world, but is far short of what God wants for you and I. What are the things that you dwell upon? What are the voices that you allow to speak into your heart and mind? He says, let your mind be renewed, listen now, and then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, what God is saying to you, what he wants for you. If you are allowing your mind to think like everybody else in the world, if you are allowing your mind to follow the pattern of socially acceptable thinking, you are not going to be able to test and approve what God's will is for you. If you fill your thoughts, your head, with worldly things, you will not be able to discern the voice of God or you will find it incredibly difficult. It'll be like trying to look for a little bandwidth of, of, of radio station on a radio. Do you remember how you used to be able to turn a knob and you used to watch that red dial go through all the different stations and it was shouting and then you would get the station that you wanted to find. But you had to turn it ever so carefully to get it crisp and clear. That's how we need to treat our minds, folks. There's a lot of babble going on out in the world but we need to turn the dial on our thinking so that we can hear God clearly because he is talking, 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 talking all the time. And he has plans for you that are good for you, to prosper you and not to harm you. But you will not know those thoughts. You will not hear that voice if your mind is tuned out. We have to work hard. I want to say today as I get going as well that God is a God of change. There's a bit of a socially acceptable culture in the world which says 
We shouldn't challenge too hard because we need to let people be who they are. Whatever that means to you, I don't know. But I want to tell you that God is a God of change. God likes to take the ruins and he likes to renovate them. He likes to take what is tarnished and purify it. So if you think there's ever going to be a point where you've arrived at the will of God wholly for your life, you are deluded. And you need to understand today that we are all full of ideas that need to be pulled out so that God can put new and renovated ideas in. And we, no matter how hard it is, we need to engage with the process of being transformed. You know, we can sit here today and we can say, I know that God wants to change me, but I don't want him to. I don't want him to change this part of my life. This is who I am. Because you're stuck in a wrong thinking. And you're not allowing God to speak into your life. And you're not allowing him to say, this is not great. I have something more. And you're not allowing him to put into place what he wants to put into place. He's a, a God of change. He loves you so much that he won't leave you the same. Because there's always more that he has for us. So you might be here today and you have these well-worn paths, thinking paths in your brain that you have ground over and over and over again and they're your default setting in many ways. You might be here angry about life and everything that you think about is seen through a lens of anger. You might be here today and you are a doubtful person because you continually doubt. You might be here fearful or anxious. You might be here feeling hopeless today. You might feel like life means nothing anymore. There's no light at the end of the tunnel and you're allowing these thoughts to cycle like vultures round and around in your brain. And when you look down, all you see is dead stuff. And I want to say today, God has got more for you. Amen. He's got so much more for you. 2 Corinthians uh, 10, 3 to 5, if we can have a look at that. There's hope for us, folks. You may be sitting here today and you think, I've always been like this. I just, I've tried and tried and tried and I don't know how to change. That's the beauty about a relationship with Jesus. He is the difference. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5 says, Though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. So how does the world deal with things like that? They come with all these philosophies that are vacuous. They're, they're empty of real substance. They're theories. They, they have no power within them. They say silly things like, if you just be positive, everything will change. And you've tried to be positive, but you can't change. Positive thinking is good, but positive thinking without the Savior is empty. There are ways that the world operates that are empty. He goes on to say, the weapons that we fight with are not weapons of the world. Did you hear that? The world's answers are not the real answer. Jesus, Jesus has the answers. He is speaking all the time. Uh, on the contrary, they have, and the weapons he's talking about that we fight with, he says, they have divine 
power. You know what you need from the Lord is a spark of divine power to break you out of your bad thinking habits. You need his power filling you every day to help you to wear new paths into your brain. He goes on to say, Paul says, we have divine power to demolish strongholds. You know what those strongholds are? They are belief systems. Systems that we established in our hearts and minds before we got saved. Systems that we've established in our hearts and minds because of what we've learned at school or university or whatever it may be. Uh, life, we've interpreted life through a particular lens and we've decided this is what life means and this is how it works. Strongholds like castles in our minds that hold us captive. We all have them, don't we? If we're honest. And Paul says those need to be demolished. You can't build a healthy house next to a castle in effect. Paul is saying we need to smash that castle down till it's a ruin. We need to disassemble that belief system line by line, brick by brick. And on those ruins we need to build a God house of thinking. This is a picture I'm trying to paint for us. Strongholds are not God's plan for our hearts and minds. He goes on to say, we demolish arguments and every pretension. You know, there's people with philosophies and ideas that stand in the face of the gospel and they are selling their lies. Arguments, pretensions, high and lofty thoughts which come against the true the truth of God. Paul talks about how we need to demolish those arguments and everything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And this is how we do it. And this is not a silver bullet. This is hard work. We take every thought captive and we make it obedient to Christ. We make it compliant to Jesus. Amen. We take what we believed to be truth and we replace it with God's truth. And we do that time and time and time and time again until our belief system is right. Amen. Uh, our thoughts really matter. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Guard your heart, your mind, your thoughts, because your thoughts determine your beliefs. And likewise, your beliefs determine your words. And your words determine your actions. And your actions determine your future. Our thoughts are so important. And I want to challenge you today, like never before, to think hard and think like Jesus. And so our reading really today, I want to reflect on one verse out of this, but I want to read from Philippians 4, verses 4 to 8. 
Paul speaking to the church there. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. There's a challenge in itself. You are called to live a life of rejoicing. Man, if only I could get past my head, I would rejoice more. I know that's what you're thinking today. Rejoice in the Lord always. That is God's plan for you. But what goes on in here determines the reality of that in your life. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Here we go. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. God's plan for your heart and mind is peace. That you just live in a place of peace, a place of trust, where you know no matter what happens, God is on the throne, that He is for you, that He's large and in charge. You're not anxious. No matter what wave hits the side of your boat, you won't get rocked because you know who the captain is. Finally, brothers and sisters, listen now. This is the thing that I want us to focus on. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, then he's got two summary words. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Man, that is a challenge of note. Just when it says think, it means not a passing fluttering thought. It means take inventory, take stock, take stock of your thought life right now and hold it up to the mirror of God's word and reflect where you're at in your thinking. Where are you at? The whole point is that you know where you are so that you can chart the course out. Amen. What is God saying to you today? I know right now there are things going around in your head. They're like red lights. They're like, this is an issue for you. The Holy Spirit is highlighting a thing in your heart and in your mind right now. And maybe you've become used to turning away from it, thinking it's too big. I can't get past it. And you just busy yourself with other stuff in the meantime. But God is pointing at a thing right now, I believe it today, in your life. He goes on, Paul says, in effect, what he's saying, he says, run every thought through the following filters. Ask yourself the question, my thought life, if I was to just stop now and contemplate what I'm thinking about, is it pure? Sorry, is it true? Let's go to the first one. Is it true? What is truth? What is true for the world is not true for God. 
Where are you taking your standard of truth from? This is the biggest and most important one for us today. Folks, don't let the world tell you what is true because they change their minds like they change their underwear. One thing, uh, the psalmist writes in Psalm 119, all your words are true. And he says, all your righteous laws are eternal. God's word is as true today as it was thousands of years ago. The one thing that we know with our God is that he's not like a shifting shadow. He doesn't change and leave you confused about what is right and wrong or where you stand. You don't have to alter your belief systems because he's changed his mind. You can establish truth in your life and know what was true for you 40 years ago is still true today. And just because someone says something different today doesn't mean something's changed. God does not change. His truth is our truth. And this is the biggest challenge. What is God saying about you today? Chris, I loved what you said today. I found it so encouraging. God loves you. That is a truth. You maybe are a person who walks around beating yourself up all day, thinking about the life that you used to live and how you've failed, and you won't give yourself a break, and that fills your mind day in and day out. And God wants you to know you are loved. Even when you did the things that you did, you are loved just as much as you were before you did them. God loves you. So there's truth. God is love. He loves you as a son, as a daughter. He calls you a friend. So when you have this grinding mill in your brain, tearing you down, let me tell you who that is. That's the devil. And he's a liar. And he doesn't know how to tell the truth. Everything that comes out of his mouth is a lie. You can't trust it. What is truth? God is our source of truth. Noble, he says, ask yourself, is this thought that I have noble? What does that mean? Are you having great and extraordinary thoughts? Or are they just common? Common thoughts that anyone can have in the world. Are you allowing your mind to think great and ambitious and faith-filled thoughts? Or are you conformed by the smallness of the thinking of the world? Noble thoughts, high and lofty, God-honoring thoughts. Is it right? Is it a righteous thought? Does it fit with God's ways? Are my thinking in line with God's laws and God's truth? Is it a righteous thought that I'm having? If it's not, you need to take it captive. Is it a pure thought, this idea of sacred and chaste and innocent? You know, we all are born very much in many ways, apart from what is considered inherent sin in us. Babies have, and, and small children have big and fearless thoughts. They, they, they don't see the world cynically. They don't see it through jaded eyes. And, and when we talk about being saved and being washed by the blood of Christ, our thoughts need to be white. Amen? That's righteous and that is pure by the grace of God. 
Are our thoughts lovely? Are they kind thoughts? Are they acceptable thoughts? If people knew that we were thinking certain things about them, would they feel lovely about it? Are our thoughts admirable? Are they attractive? Would they attract people to us? What do I mean? Uh, I, I have a, a friend from a long time ago in Zimbabwe who was one of those people that would never say a bad word about anybody. And that just attracted me to him. I found it admirable. He might think something, but he would zip his lip and you wouldn't know it. If people could read our thoughts, would they admire our thoughts? Would they feel drawn to them and feel like, man, that's stand out? Are they attractive? Are our thoughts, and this is one of the summary words, are they just excellent? Are they excellent thoughts? Or are they not so great? And are they praiseworthy? Man, I really feel to challenge us today on this word praiseworthy. You know, let me paint another picture for you. If you're panning for gold, you go through an awful lot of dirt to find the speck of gold. Amen. If you look at mining on a large scale, they go through tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of dirt to find a little bit of gold. Anyone can find the dirt in another person. Amen. Can you be the person that finds the gold? Can you be the person that finds the gold in a situation or an idea? Or are you the kind of person that just finds the dirt? Anyone can do that. I could sit all day long with you and find the dirt in the world and we would all feel rubbish afterwards. Will you find the gold? Amen. Will you find the nectar in situations, in people? in thoughts and ideas. I, um, I created a bit of a translation of this uh, verse that we've been looking at now and I'm calling it the antonym version. This is not an official version, I'm not trying to be heretical. I'm just trying to help you get a sense of what the Bible is trying to say. I hope it's helpful. This is what I came up with. Finally, brothers and sisters, stop fixing your thoughts on lies and falsehood or on what is commonly acceptable, on what is unjust and underhanded, on what is filthy and perverse, on what is unkind and hurtful, or on what is shameful and unattractive. If anything is morally corrupt or worthy of dishonor, do not meditate on these things. Let me read that again to you. Finally, brothers and sisters, stop fixing your thoughts on lies and falsehood or on what is commonly acceptable on what is unjust and underhanded, on what is filthy and perverse, on what is unkind and hurtful, 
or on what is shameful and unattractive. If anything is morally corrupt or worthy of dishonor, do not meditate on these things. You might be sat here today and you might be feeling like, what on earth am I going to think about? <laughs> James, you've just bashed me completely. I have no idea how I'm going to find the way out. What I'm trying to do is help you to see that what we've become accustomed to is so far removed from what God wants for us. Amen. The journey is long and it will take perseverance. But God is for us and we have dynamite power to help us. Your mind was made for Jesus. Your mind was made to think his thoughts to dream his dreams, to carry his ambitions, to carry his expectations, to be a rejoicing and thankful and content mind. That is what God wants for you today. That is what is on offer. But we have to participate in a process of identifying and breaking down strongholds so that he can renovate our minds and we don't live in the ruins of our thinking anymore amen god loves you so much and he has something mind bending for you if you will let him why don't you take a journey and allow him to start to change things, not at once, everything, but just keep yielding your mind to Christ, yielding your thought processes, your belief systems, and saying, is this actually right, Jesus? And when he says no, and you'll know it in your heart, you'll know, you'll know, there will, there will be no peace in your heart if you are desiring or thinking a thing apart from God, if you are willing to completely surrender yourself to Jesus and change what you've always done, you will begin to hear and think and see these things more and more clearly. And you'll know what His will is and you'll walk in it because your thoughts will change, your belief systems will change, your words will change, your actions will change, and your future will be a beautiful destination. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you for your word to us today. God, I pray that you'll take us one thing away today that we can work on. Jesus, that by your spirit, you'll empower us to make the changes and to cooperate with you and stop resisting because you are irresistible. I know one thing, God, you never give up on us. And I pray that we will let you have your way in every area of our lives. Jesus. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. 
And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.